Hi, I'm Andrew Rajic, and this is another episode of the Craft of Living Bites, where I explore different tools and insights related to the art of living. So, for those of you who had the opportunity to listen to my previous episodes, might remember that the theme, my focus theme, is the issue of New Year's resolutions. Now, it is obviously clear that I'm using that concept to actually have an inroad, as an inroad, to think about and reflect on human nature in general, more specifically on issues such as human agency connected to decision-making, goal-setting, and transformation. And one point that I've stated last time that I didn't really unpack was this idea, this notion that very often when we make decisions or when we reach decisions, we have all the reward up front. And I didn't really unpack that and and so I thought, let me let me kind of dwell on this a bit more, because to understand that concept is so essential for anyone who has any goals in mind or reaches any decisions or anticipates and wants to have a certain change. I think it's important to understand that concept. So here's what I have in mind, right? When you, very often when you plan something, let's say you want to exercise and you want to change your fitness level and perhaps even your physique, what happens is that you are consciously and subconsciously visualizing the outcome, right? You have seen other people perhaps who have that physique or that level of physical fitness. You see how they look like, you see how they move. You see what kind of athletic feats they're able to achieve and you want to be like that. And you might even visualize yourself, like how would it feel if I had this? And how would I feel if other people looked at me as having those kind of physical properties or physical capacities? And you think, first of all, that you would feel awesome. Right? You, you think that you would have more energy, you would have more self-confidence, and you're, you're thinking about these things. And you feel kind of a search, a motivational search that leads you then to decide to, well, in January, in February, I'm going to enroll in a gym, I'm going to start exercising, I'm going to change my life around. Now, what happens then is that you already feel the pleasure right now in the present. You haven't even gone to the gym. You haven't done anything yet. But somehow the reward that you are after, you are already psychologically experiencing it. And so when you actually then start exercising, you realize, well, this is going to take a long time. You know, I don't have... No, I, I cannot do it all the time. I'm busy in my life. And this exercise, exercising doesn't feel really that good because the exercise itself initially will not match this initial pleasure that you experienced. And then very often disappointment sets in and people 
give up. Now, if you have experienced that already in your life, as I believe you have, and I have it many times, you actually are not unique and you are not alone. There's actually a way to explain this, what is happening to us and these mental processes that sometimes undermine our best intentions. For instance, you might be familiar with the hot, cold empathy gap, which psychology has studied at length. And it has to do with this, with the following, with this following situation. It is very difficult for people who find themselves in a certain hot state. Now, the hot state can either be anger. The hot state can be also actually a depressive state. And I would like to include that. Because for me, the hot state has to do with any situation, any experience where I am out of my emotional equilibrium. Right. I might be anxious, tired, angry, overwhelmed, whatever it is. It is hard for us to imagine how it feels for people who are not in a hot state but are in a cold state. Right? So that's called a hot, cold empathy gap. It is hard for me to imagine if I am agitated and I'm angry about something how it is for others who are in the same situation and are not experiencing that type of emotional reaction, how it must feel to be like that. Inversely, there is also this cold to hot situation where people who are in a cold state have a hard time imagining and visualizing what it means to be in a hot state. So let me again use this example of exercising. So for me, the cold state does not mean emotional indifference. It means, again, this idea either of emotional equilibrium or being supercharged in a motivational sense. You're really motivated to do something. And when you are in, in that situation where perhaps you have heard a story or seen a video of someone who has turned around his or her life, you uh, are really, really have a strong desire to become like that. You really have a desire to change your life around. And perhaps you're not overwhelmed at the moment. You have, you're doing it in a, in a good environment. Perhaps you're sitting in a, in a coffee shop or you are during a break when your life is not too, too horribly busy, let's say. It is hard to imagine how like a month down the road, when everything falls apart, when you're overwhelmed with 20 projects and when you're perhaps in a depressive state or in an anxious state, or you perhaps have injured yourself, or you're like in Michigan, you're suffering from the from a season of, uh, affective disorder, and you're totally kind of down on yourself. How it is then for you at that stage to actually follow or implement the goals or decisions you have reached? 
And I believe this is what's happening to us, right? When we make decisions about the future, when we have these New Year's resolutions, we are falling prey to this hold, sorry, to this cold to hot empathy gap, right? And that is a problem, right? And some people have further kind of classified or refined the various manifestations of that. And simply, the some people refer to this as the intrapersonal perspective, which basically has to do with us finding it very difficult to predict our future behavior when we find ourselves in a different state. And I think that is that is very, very important because this hot to cold or cold to hot empathy gap has to do with a wider problem that is sometimes referred to as affective forecasting. And you can read on that. There are many articles on this and so much studies have been done on this, both in social psychology and behavioral economics. But it has to do basically with this fundamental intuition that we as human beings have a very difficult time to predict our affective or emotional states in the future, right? We, we have a hard time doing that. And then we also have a hard time visualizing how we are going to act once we are in those emotional states. And people refer also often talk about projection bias, you know, and this, you can see this, right? People say, oh, only if I would reach this, if I get, would get this job of, or if I would move to a different country. And they uh, don't realize that actually once that happens, that things are usually not that awesome as they have imagined them, or perhaps they are awesome, but they have overestimated how they would feel once they have achieved that certain thing. And, I, and I've, I've experienced it many times in my life, right? Now, when I got you know, admitted to a grad school of my, of my choice and got you know, a scholarship and then got my job and then got you know, another job, always anticipating not just that the job would be in a certain way so the job didn't really work out that way, right? Not, not just that, but that I would have certain types of emotions and effects once I am in that position and that proved not to be correct. So this is something to keep in mind. And, and it's something that I want to actually journey with you and think about that as we're entering the new year. How can we, how can we overcome that? How can we overcome the pitfalls of the cold to hot empathy gap once we are reaching, you know, once we are making these New Year's resolutions or any other type of decision in life? So I cannot completely unpack this. I will do so in future episodes. But I would like to share with you a related theme to close this episode with. And you will see how this connects. And it comes from James 
Clear's book, Atomic Habits, where he talks about the plateau of latent potential. And I believe that when you use that concept and put it next to this problem of effective forecasting, that you have two important insights in your hands to make you more aware of the reasons why change sometimes is so difficult. And what actually I will do, I will read some words here that are found in his book on pages 20 to 23, and then perhaps insert a couple of my comments. And you will see how this relates to what I've said so far. He writes that habits often appear to make no difference until you cross a critical threshold and unlock a new level of performance. In the early and middle stages of any quest, there's often a valley of disappointment. You expect to make progress in a linear fashion, and it's frustrating how ineffective changes can seem during the first days, weeks, and even months. It doesn't feel like you're going anywhere. It's a hallmark of any compounding process. The most powerful outcomes are delayed. And perhaps you've, and this is just my comment now, perhaps you've heard, right, that it takes 21 days to establish a new habit. And I don't think that's actually true. Right? It all depends. Perhaps, you know, the decision to floss your teeth every day, right, twice a day. Well, that might take perhaps 21 days or three weeks or shorter. I don't know. But to establish a regular exercise habit might actually take more like 60 days or even longer. Right? And so you can see what's happening, right? You have this, on the one hand, this effective forecasting, which is often very wrong. And then, so let's, you know, January comes and you don't feel well, you know, things are kind of emotional, you're kind of disturbed, you're in a different emotional state, plus the fact that you don't yet see any positive outcomes of this new habit. You combine these two things and you can see why it is so easy to give up on the projects we have embarked on. So this is clear now again. Continuing reading the paragraph, another paragraph. This is one of the core reasons, he writes, why it is so hard to build habits that last. People make a few small changes, fail to see a tangible result and decide to stop. You think, I've been running every day for a month, so why can't I see any change in my body? Once this kind of thinking takes over, it's easy to let go, let good habits, sorry, fall by the wayside. But in order to make a meaningful difference, habits need to persist long enough to break through this plateau, what I call the plateau of latent potential. If you find yourself struggling to build a good habit or break a bad one, it is not because you have lost your ability to improve. It is often because you have not yet crossed the plateau of latent potential. Complaining about not achieving success despite working hard is like complaining about an ice cube not melting when you heated it from 25 to 31 degrees. 
Your work was not wasted. It is just being stored. All the action happens at 32 degrees. When you finally break through the plateau of latent potential, people will call it an overnight success. The outside world only sees the most dramatic event rather than all that preceded it. But you know that it's the work you did long ago when it seemed that you weren't making any progress that makes the jump today possible. It is the human equivalent of geological pressure. Two tectonic plates can grind against one another for millions of years, the tension slowly building all the while. Then one day they rub each other once again, in the same fashion they have for ages. But this time the tension is too great. An earthquake erupts. Change can take years before it happens all at once. Master requires patience, he concludes. The San Antonio Spurs, one of the most successful teams in NBA history, have a quote from social reformer Jacob Rees hanging in their locker room. When nothing seems to help, I go and look at the stone cutter hammering away at his rock, perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two, and I know it was not the last blow that did it, but all that had gone before. So I think Clear is completely right here. I mean, he is deeply realistic of these emotional struggles we are facing as we are seeking to implement habits. But also, these are words of hope, inviting us to persistence and perseverance, which on my account and my understanding is certainly one of the most important biblical virtues and just virtues in general. So this is for today, what I had in mind for today. I wanted to share the, the, the aspect of, and the problem connected with you know, projection bias, the hot to cold empathy gap, and the broader issue of effective forecasting, how that undermines our persistence and the realization of our goals. And then on the other hand, this problem of the plateau of latent potential, where it takes some time, sometimes even extended time, to see the positive outcomes. So any strategies, any approaches, any forms of thinking that leads us to make decisions where we keep in mind those two aspects will certainly give us a greater chance at success and realization than if we were not aware of these cognitive and affective realities that often plague us and undermine us. Well, so much for today. Thank you so much for listening. I really feel very strongly about these things because these convictions come from many experiences of failure and then also some victories. So I really wanted to share this with you and I hope that you will be able to join me next time around when we are going to further elaborate on this and perhaps look at some specific strategies. So in the meantime, stay strong and courageous, be safe and live well, and until next time. 